Welcome to the High Performance Groundwork Podcast. My name is Hugo Menard, and my guest today is Ivna Curry. She is the CEO and founder of AssertiveWay.com, which helps people in organizations with a big focus on women to speak up effectively with assertive communication. This can be with things like disagreeing, getting ideas across, uh, asking for what they need to be successful, handling conflict, uh, giving effective feedback and so forth without coming across as aggressive or difficult. She has a background in electrical engineering, specifically analytics, as well as international business and management consulting. She's a Forbes contributor and holds a master's in business administration from INSEAD, which is a leading MBA program outside of the US. She has also lived and worked around the world in four continents for Fortune 500 companies. So welcome, Ivna. So good to have you here. So good to be here as well. Thank you. Great intro. I love. It. I like your 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 intro. Of course. Thank you. Um, can we start with how you got into assertiveness? Absolutely. So, as an engineer in in analytics in that field, I was not really great with people. Not that all engineers are not great with people, but I wasn't. And I first had to overcome shyness, but that I got through that in college. I had to overcome social anxiety, but that got sorted pretty soon in my early 20s. Yet I still had a hard time at work getting heard and being taken seriously and, and satisfying what my bosses wanted me to do. And it wasn't that I wasn't smart. I always had amazing grades, went to the top schools. It was because I wasn't assertive enough. And I didn't really know what that was until I got my first job as a manager, managing people. So I was able to still manage things and, and do reasonably okay until I had my first team. And that's when things got completely out of control because my job was became then a, a people job. It was no longer technical. And my, I had to interact with people all day long. And most people were a lot older than me. I was 24 when I took on the role. My team was incredibly unhappy. Our business part partners did not want to work with me. My peers were rejecting my presence as well. And there was tremendous conflict. Uh, There's a lot of errors happening. I was in charge of supply chain management for the company. A lot of big problems happening and things were was madness and, and it was going crazy and I couldn't sort anything. And luckily, luckily, that was the most assertive boss that I ever had in my life. And he was also the best boss that I ever had and the best mentor I ever had. And with him, I learned assertiveness. And it and it wasn't in the sense of him teaching me, oh, this is this is how you you know you're assertive. But he helped me handle all these situations that would come up, and so he didn't do anything for me. He didn't make the decisions for me. He didn't protect, resolve conflict for me. But he helped me deal with all of those things myself. And when I I would fall apart, he'd still give me guidance and show me what I had to do. But he st but he would never take on the responsibility for me. And that went on for a year and a half. And then when later, when I 
took on other roles and, and had people in my team that were struggling to speak up in meetings. I was struggling to, to speak up with, with their superiors, my peers, that were struggling to speak up with my boss, who was their boss's boss. I also had to show them the way. I said, listen, there's a way to speak up. And it's not, it's not just saying anything. There's a, a way to speak up effectively. And, and the most important thing is not holding back either, which is what a lot of people do. And so that's when I realized, you know, this is the skill that changed my life. And a lot of people don't understand what it is and how it works. And that's where I decided to bring it to the world and to share it and to talk about it and to teach it because it's so essential for, for work, ha work happiness and fulfillment and have positive relationships at work and, and corporate wellness as well. And we often don't realize it. It's, if you look around, nobody's talking about assertiveness as a solution uh, or something that can help a lot of the, the, you know, the negative feelings that we have at work or some of the, the toxic relationships with difficult people or um, a lot of the feelings of being stressed and overwhelmed. And it's there. It's there. We can all use it. So that's how, that's how I decided to bring this and focus on assertiveness and bring it to everyone. Yeah. So can we now talk about what is it? How does it work? That's a great question. What do you, I want to flip it back and ask <laughs> you, what do you understand from assertiveness? Who are the people that you know that are, are assertive and what do they, how do they behave? For me, assertiveness comes as a kind of um, a, a moving forward, um, a kind of strong willed, slightly dominant, um, way of being and it, it was interesting in, in reading about your work is that you talk about assertiveness without being aggressive but for me there's a there's aggression in assertiveness in my understanding of it so that's where i feel like there's a disconnect somewhere or some fuzziness absolutely and the way you perceive assertiveness is the way 99 percent of people perceive assertiveness as well so it's completely normal, and mm -hmm. it, that's how I saw it initially as well. So that idea of pushiness and dominance and taking over and trying to control other people, when in fact that is aggressiveness, that is not assertiveness at all. And unfortunately, people use those two terms interchangeably, you know, assertiveness and aggressiveness when they're completely different. So the reality is most people just don't understand what assertiveness is, which mm -hmm. I will reveal <laughs> right now. But you're right. And here's another question for you. Have you ever seen, or can you even imagine a soft-spoken person that is assertive? Not assertive, but I can imagine a soft-spoken person who has power. And mm. that, to me, there's, there's also a bit of a link between power and assertiveness. There is, that is very well detected. So assertiveness allows you to maintain your personal power. Now, this is going to sound confusing because when you think assertiveness, you're thinking about dominance, and dominance is all about controlling other people. 
But assertiveness is about controlling yourself and your behaviors and how you speak. It's about influence. That's for sure. That's why I like to say that assertiveness is at the intersection between communication skills, psychology, and negotiation skills. Because you I do want said say that one again. So it's at the intersection between communication skills, because it is a communication skill. Mm -hmm. Psychology, because there's a mental game involved, and you need to understand how your actions and what you say influence other people. And yeah. you need to also be able to have assertive thinking. Yep. Yeah. And so there's a cognitive ability to it. And then third, it's negotiation because speaking your mind, just saying whatever you want without thinking about how it's coming through, how it's coming across to the other person is not assertiveness. Right, because assertiveness is all about being able to get your message across and have the not control the other person, not dominate, not win, but have the desired effect. Make sure that the other person understands and hears you in the way that you intend. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that there's this, it sounds like the piece that is missing in the collective consciousness is the intelligence in assertiveness, the the consciousness of it yes yes there's a lot of uh, a lot of consciousness there's a lot of deliberate choice there's a lot of emotional intelligence that goes into it yeah yeah because one of the questions that i had when when i was sort of looking through your material is that is there a difference between being assertive and being composed and articulate in your communication and having boundaries there is so i think that would be a that's a great description but let me give you the official description of what being assertive means being assertive means being able to speak your mind speak up say express yourself fully so express your that could be your boundaries that could be your wants your needs, your desires, your thoughts, your likes, your dislikes, your opinions, your perspective, whatever it is that you want to express in a way that is respectful towards the other person. So that means you need to you need to think about the other person, how that's coming across to them, but also effective and anxious free, calm. So it's fine to be emotional, but Sometimes what happens is we don't speak and we start to get frustrated. And so speaking from a place of frustration and anger and resentment is not assertive. So you yeah. want to speak from a place of calm. So could you say that that's an articulate communicator? Possibly, yes, as long as they are, they're speaking up, they're saying what they need to say. So assertiveness is all about if you need to make a decision, communicate a hard decision to someone. You do it, you don't shy away, right? If you wanna tell someone something that they don't wanna hear, you'll say it anyways. So it's that, that element of not being fearful, or you could be fearful, but saying it anyways. Mm, Having the courage to speak your mind, say whatever it is that you need to say to someone. Yeah, I was just gonna say that might be the area where we get the notion of aggression 
because to say something that you don't want to say or say something that's difficult there's often fear involved and so it requires self-discipline or anger to overcome that so that might be part of it it does and and actually it's people that are people pleasers i am a people pleaser at heart a nice person as <laughs> they call them so if you're a nice person and you have it a hard time speaking up anger is a great way it's a great tool to leverage to like you said get that courage to be able to speak up it's fantastic and you should use it and that's what i did in the beginning right let that anger fuel your you to speak up that courage to happen now it, in that moment if you're angry and you are speaking up it's likely to come across as a as you being angry and frustrated and it's, it's that's how it's going to be received and that's fine that's the transition people do when you're getting out of the nice mode the people pleasing mode into an assertive mode you, it's part of it it's part of the it's part of getting that out and building that courage and then once you say it then you're able to correct yourself and now you won't be as frustrated anymore and you'll be able to calm down and improve and be more articulate in how you convey your message but it's also nonverbals right because so when you're angry your your nonverbals yeah. really come through mm. can you talk more about the psychology of assertiveness of what what's going on inside and what are some mindset shifts or ways of being that can help with being assertive sort of before we verbally express something absolutely so assertiveness was developed by cognitive psychologists mm -hmm. so you'll see assertiveness being taught by psychologists uh, pretty much and most books that are written are about are from psychologists and clinical psychologists and um cognitive psychologists so that's how it started now they do explore a lot in the on the personal side and that's why i'm coming in to explore the professional side the corporate side um, which is an area that they don't talk a lot about it's really hard to handle a, a difficult boss or a difficult team member or co-worker um, how do you have those important conversations to be well, right? Have your own wellness at work, but also create a positive atmosphere and be able to be fully productive and contribute um, the most that you can. Because if you're in a bad place, it's really hard to, to contribute what you can contribute. So going back to the psychology of it, of an assertive person, they understand that whatever they have to say is valuable their feelings are important and valuable and their thoughts and their ideas and their likes and dislikes, everything is valuable and is worthy of being shared and talking, talking about. They don't see themselves as inferior to anyone, not even a superior. And, but they also don't see themselves as above anyone either. Right, so the aggressive type might think, oh, I get to speak here and everybody else has to listen. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in charge here. They, they dominate a meeting. Uh, the, the passive individual, the people pleaser, the nice person will sit back and just listen. They won't get involved. They'll, they'll think that their opinion is not as good as 
what other people have to contribute. While the assertive person will feel very comfortable in coming in and sharing what they have to say, no matter what their position is. And so that's a very uh, important mindset. Uh, there's many others. So for example, an assertive person knows that they can, they can be kind and, and thoughtful with other people, but that they're not responsible for other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. They understand that there's a boundary there, that you want to help people and, and be kind and, and supportive, but you also have, you have an understanding that if they feel something or something's going poorly with other people, it's not your fault. And you don't feel any guilt around that. Now, people pleasers tend to feel guilt. They take responsibility. They want everybody to be happy around them. And they take personal responsibility for that. And they don't understand that everybody has their own interpretation of things based on their history. So they, they don't have that um, separation. And that's, that caused a lot of problems, for example. Yeah. And what are some of the ways that you help people get into that mindset of, you know, for example, if someone does feel inferior to their boss or if someone is in a position that isn't that assertive mindset what are some of the steps that can be taken to help them get to that place yes so the easiest and quickest way to get to a place where you feel that you you're valuable and what you have to say is valuable and uh, you're worthy of sharing your perspective and and having your feelings and having you know having your needs met and taken care of is by actually speaking up more and i know a lot of people say that oh my gosh just speak up more but i i don't feel like it i don't feel like i deserve it and again you, you you'd start with smaller situations but the the problem with just sitting and thinking about it is that we get into rumination overthinking mode and and we don't get any response from people we're in our little heads and, and and just getting into this deep hole the thoughts are not positive right they're diminishing thoughts and when you interact with people when you share the basic example right you share uh, your opinion in a meeting where normally you wouldn't and you do so in the first 5 minutes right what's gonna happen so you don't feel like you deserve to speak but you speak and you think what you have to say is the most stupid thing ever but you say it more more likely what's gonna happen is a couple of people in that meeting are going to notice you and some people are going to acknowledge what you said and then what's gonna happen is that a lot more people are gonna start to pay attention at you and make eye contact with you when they speak. And now you're going to start to feel heard and noticed. And now they're actually looking at you. So if you always, if you're always quiet in a meeting, you're going to feel completely invisible because no one is going to even notice that you're there. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. But if you force yourself to even make that one little tiny comment or ask a question, now you inserted yourself in the loop now people are going to notice you and you're going to feel noticed and that's going to fuel your feeling of belonging and it's going to encourage you to 
speak up more and say more and give another comment, ask another question. Um, same thing when you, for example, my passive days, <laughs> my passive corporate days, I was, I, I was for months, months, probably a year, wanting to have more exposure to senior leaderships. So I was working on something and only my boss went to present it to the senior leaders. And I wanted to go. I wanted to have exposure. I wanted to be in those meetings. And I, I was worried about asking for that because well, I, I didn't want my boss to think that I was trying to take over his job or being mm -hmm. subordinate. So I held off. And I, I tried once just a tiny bit. And I felt like there was a little bit of resistance. And I said, no, he doesn't want this. He thinks I'm a threat to his career. Um, this is He's such a terrible guy. Like, I can't believe he's now helping me in my career. I did all this work and just he doesn't want to take me to any of these meetings. Evil. <laughs> Evil boss for months. And, and I tried another meeting. I booked another meeting uh, specifically to talk about this. And in that meeting, he kind of took over and started talking about business as usual. And like, that's it. That's the evidence. He definitely doesn't want me to present um, or to be involved with the senior leadership. And then I decided to give it another go. And that time he heard me, but he nodded his head and nothing happened. He promised, he didn't promise anything. Within a couple of weeks, he turned back to me and said, um, Ivna, why don't you take over this meeting that I, I, I have with all of my superiors three times a week? Why don't you come and, uh, and, and present? And I went once, I went twice. And then eventually he removed himself from the meeting and it was just me. So all of that was, I completely made up this story in my head for months. I accused yeah. this man of terrible things in my head. And it was only by actually taking that initiative to like, let me talk, like, let me, let me try multiple times to get my message through that I was able to actually get through to him. And, uh, and I loved it. We were both in a great, he loved it because he was actually thinking about retiring and I was super happy. There we go. So sometimes when we stay in our heads, we're not in reality. And the fact is people who are, people who don't speak up as much, they're in their own reality. They're not in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I certainly know with a, a significant of amount of my work is working with the, the emotions and the mindsets and the amount of times, like I've personally had this experience of, you know, knowing uh, something was a particular way. And then you work through the emotions or the, or your mindsets and you look back and you go, how on earth did I believe that was the truth? Um, and it's, it's one of those things that even though it's happened so many times, we are so convinced that the way we see things is the truth. It still um, does my head in every time. I'm like, oh my God, that, that was such, a, such an important shift. And so now I, I know it happens, but I don't, when you're in it, you still don't know how you could possibly see differently. And you kind of have to go through the process to, to find that out. And from an assertiveness perspective, a great way to check in with that and see what's going on with those assumptions 
is to have conversations, right? Is <laughs> to speak up. And right. yeah. specifically the way the conversations that need to be had are two main conversations. The first one is around the assumptions that we have about other people. That's what mm -hmm. I had with my boss. I had an assumption that he didn't want me to get more exposure because I'd be I would be a threat to him. Sometimes we I mean, I think half of the Americans don't use their vacation days. I don't know in, in Australia, but tons of people, there's hardly any vacation days here and people still don't use it and they don't use it because they're scared of yeah. what people are going to think. But do they actually have the conversation? So we make assumptions about how other people feel, what their expectations of us are, what their intentions are what they think, what they think is reasonable or what they think is not reasonable. We make assumptions around their boundaries, around what they like and dislike, what they know. And then, so that's one side. We make assumptions about the other person. And that needs to be clarified by asking questions, directly or indirectly. And on the other end, we make assumptions about what people know about us. So mm -hmm. a common one for me, for example, I. I made a lot of assumptions about my team members. Uh, I made assumptions that they, so this is about them, but it's also, if you think about it in the, in, in the opposite end, they didn't communicate with me either. So I'm, I thought that they all wanted to get promoted. And so I treated them as if they wanted a promotion. So I pushed them to assi assignments that they weren't comfortable with. And later, Years later, I figured out that half of them didn't really want to be promoted. And I was really uncomfortable. I was pushing them way beyond their comfort zone. They didn't want that. They were focused on other things at the time, family or whatever it was. Now, a lot of people, I've, this is what I've heard is what I've seen a lot of, with the people that I work with. They work years with a company or with a boss, and then they leave to get a better position elsewhere in a different company suddenly. And their, bo their boss is like, why did you leave? Like, I didn't know you wanted to grow. Like, that you wanted a promotion that you I thought you just wanted to stay where you were. You were happy, but they weren't. And, and the boss was oblivious to that. They had no idea. And so communication failed in the two directions there because the boss then made assumptions around what the, what the, the team member wanted and the team member made assumptions around what the boss knew or didn't know instead of expressing what they wanted or what their aspirations were yeah it's, i'm just thinking of if someone listening to this starts practicing being assertive do you have any advice for if they do speak up and they realize or oh, i spoke up to too much too soon like i i overstepped and, and didn't turn are there because that's going to be certainly a, a distressing situation are there things that we can do to help recover from the what will inevitably be a bit of a a um walk through mud to to get to where we want to be absolutely and i think that's a very comforting question in the, in the sense that as long as you know that if you make a mistake there's a way out <laughs> that you can fix it, yeah. then you're more willing to try, right? 
So yeah. I, 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 that's why I like your I like your question very much. And let's say, right, you go out there and you say something. Uh, I, I mean, what are some of the, the the scariest things to say? Usually with superiors, like you know, telling your boss that you don't want to work on the weekend or something, or um, create some boundary. Oh, don't. I, I, these meetings are too early for me. I can't come to these meetings. This is this doesn't make sense to me. What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. And you want to fix that. And you see, and normally what you would uh, do. So first, you have to notice in yourself what you're saying if it came out in the wrong way. But also, you can examine the reaction of the person you're talking to. Right? You can sense if they understood you, if they got defensive. Classical example: If you're delivering negative feedback, yeah, right, and you see people uh, resisting, like they don't want to, they're, they're not listening to you, and they don't want to take that. So it's not effective to keep pushing because all you're doing is putting tension in that relationship, but you're not actually delivering value because the other person's not receiving that feedback. They're not ready yet. So yeah. what you need to do is. Take a step back and start injecting <laughs> what I call huga elements. So basically warmth and validation and making sure that the other person feels heard, understood, validated, acknowledged. And then you, you come back in when you feel like they're in the same page as you. There's so many ways of doing this, right? So if they if they're going through a problem, you want to see you want to ask them some questions, um, express what, uh, rephrase what what they're going through, um, restate your intention for the conversation or why you're saying why you're what you're saying. Find something in common between you and them. Take a step back. Find something in common. Hey, we're both trying to um, do better here. I really believe in you. Um, and that's why I want to give you feedback. Are you okay with that? Even asking for permission are ways that you can get the person back on your side. Get them yeah. ready to listen again. And that way you can try again. Or you don't even have to wait for them to listen. Maybe they are listening to you, but you feel like you could have said it better. I just take, take a step back. Okay, well, let me let me say this. Um, it's you know the my intention here is really this, and I want to make sure that we share this common goal and we achieve this. It's very important for us uh, to achieve this, and I really want to have a great relationship with you. And so that is why I da 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 da. And then you assert yourself with mm -hmm. the new tone and body language and a better words and you don't even have to say it in the moment you can also pause um just let the person know you know hey um why don't we talk uh, a little bit later about this maybe i see that this this might not be the right time um in, in moment why don't we, we 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 have a conversation later on and then you come back and you think about what you want to say it's really important to think about what you're going to say yeah that's all, that's also making me think of uh this ideal or, or certainly 
what seems like a reality to me in that a lot of people show up to work trying to be very professional and in that professionalism it's there's this killing of the humanity or this and so part of what i'm hearing you say is when things don't when you try and be assertive and there's that professionalism there and you feel like you might have overstepped it's almost this like oh okay let's get rather than being um you know you're my boss and I, i'm the worker or co-workers or however it is it's let's bring this humanity back in and recognize that we're both humans beautiful very well stated it's back to the humanity without diminishing yourself so it doesn't matter if you talk to a superior or to a direct report or to a, an equal everybody's equal at the end of the day yeah. <laughs> so in assertiveness, you 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 believe that everybody's an equal. Everybody has a right to be heard and understood and to express themselves and, and to speak up. And so you're not apologizing for speaking up. Um, but you are going back to the humanity, which is less about you and more about the other person and the two of you together. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I found really interesting in uh, an email you sent me just before uh, today with this recording was that the Mayo Clinic, which is one of the top hospitals in the US, recommends assertiveness to uh, reduce stress, anger, and improve coping skills. Can you talk about that and how assertiveness uh, relates with wellness? Absolutely. Yeah, so there's this article from Mayo Clinic on their website that that basically says you know be more assertive use assertiveness to reduce your your stress levels and what's beautiful about that coming from mayo clinic which is one of the top i think top one or two uh, hospital systems here in the us is is that it's not something that most people think about when it comes to stress management because the last, I, hardly anybody thinks, about, oh, I need to be more assertive. And that's yeah. <laughs> going to control my stress. <laughs> it's very counterintuitive. And yet, it's so powerful. Because a lot of the stress comes from not a situation per se, but our inability to deal with the situation. Ooh, okay, say that one again. So a lot of our stress comes not from a difficult situation or conflict, but our, our inability, our feeling of hopelessness towards that difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, that feeling of hopelessness that we can't sort through our issues and our people problems. I mean, if you, if you think of it, uh, some of the top things but problems that managers have to deal with is interpersonal conflict of, between their team members and their team members and other people because right? they can't figure it out by themselves so if you have the ability to deal with issues that come up between interpersonal challenges that come up then a lot of your problems are just going to go away most problems that we have our interpersonal problems, our communication problems. Mm -hmm. It's us not knowing how to have, and I say communication, it's, and specifically when it comes to stress, is that we're not able to get through 
either we're not able to speak up and we feel or we feel ignored and not taken seriously and invisible and then we feel resentful towards people we get we overthink things we ruminate at, we can't sleep at night because we're thinking about how these people are terrible or how the, how um, invisible you, you you look and you're not taking seriously and the people are not respecting you and they're overlooking you and you're overworked and underpaid. And that's another problem, right? Because when we don't know how to speak up, we tend to be overworked and underpaid because assertive individuals, they will ask for what they want. And it doesn't really matter if they feel like they deserve it or not, they will ask. And they will ask for the opportunities that they want. They will ask to remove things from their plate that they don't think is aligned with their goals and their priorities. Um, if they're overworked, they'll talk about it. Uh, they'll ask for more resources. They'll ask for time off. They'll ask for a promotion. They'll ask for everything that they need to be happy because they take responsibility for themselves. And they'll have these conversations as a normal everyday thing. But a lot of people, and even in the past as well, so I know exactly what this is like and feels like, you don't want to do that. You're scared of what people are going to perceive and what they're going to think of you. And especially when it comes to, I'm going to come across as a selfish, heartless, mean, aggressive, nasty person that's difficult and that no one's going to want to hang around with. And I'm not that person. I'm a good person. So I'm not going to ask for anything because that's going to, that's not what a humble person does and a selfless person does. I'm a team player. And so why should I be asking for more work for, for a promotion and others don't get it? And why am I going to say no to this work? Because I'm a team player and I want to show that I'm here for everyone. So that's why how they end up stressed out, overworked and underpaid. Mm. Yeah. And I actually uh, read that the highest performers, uh, the ones that often take the most time off. Is yes. that, uh, but people think it's the opposite, is that if I want to get the most done, I need to be at work all the time. But um, And I think that comes down to when we're in a good state of being, we're able to be far more effective uh, rather than, yeah, not sleeping because you're ruminating over some conversation that never happened but has gone around in your head a thousand times. Absolutely. So if you take what you just said, uh, someone who is more of a people pleaser, nice type of person will hesitate to ask for help. They'll only ask for help if they absolutely need it, right? They don't take help very well. They give help, but they don't take help. What, the, what is the assertive person going to do? They're going to ask help when they don't need it at all, when they can do it themselves. And they're going to ask help to expedite their work, <laughs> to make things more efficient. And that's how they become so much more productive. They have no issues in saying, hey, I didn't even try this yet, but I, I, I want your advice even before I start so mm -hmm. that I don't, I don't waste time doing the wrong thing. Yeah. 
Are there any common mistakes or pitfalls that you see people falling into when it comes to starting to be more assertive? There are many. <laughs> so most people think that they're being assertive when they're being aggressive. So they say, Ivna, I am being assertive. I'm speaking up. And I told this person that I was going to do this job and that this is how it's going to be. <laughs> and this is terrible of them. This is not right. I had to speak up. And just by looking at their face, <laughs> I can see the amount of anger and frustration and pushiness that's coming through. And for sure, and then when we analyze the conversations, it's very clear that they were not assertive. They spoke up for sure, but they weren't assertive. And, and so that the biggest mistake comes in, in, in a couple of ways. The first one is that people don't actually know how to speak up in a way that doesn't threaten other people. Yeah. And that's the essence of assertiveness is being able to speak up in a way that you own everything you say. You're not blaming absolutely anybody for what's going on with you or what you're saying. So, but often when people speak up, they want to blame someone. Human nature, <laughs> we want to blame, we want to find someone um, to, to put at fault uh, for the things. We, we, we say things like, you know, this person is the reason why I got upset. This is, this is, this is a situation, this difficult person is why I am stuck. I didn't get promoted. Right. I can't I can't say no to this person. I can't change my mind. There's always a reason. And if we think that way, which is not an assertive way, that's an aggressive way to think, our body is going to, our body language, our nonverbals, our verb, our tone of voice, our gestures, our microexpressions are going to convey that exact message. That yeah. I'm blaming you. You might not even say it, but it's there. And people are going to pay attention and they're going to see that you're blaming them, even if you don't say a word. But actually, most people actually also say it. They, they use language that accuses others. Um, and they also express the accusations in nonverbals. And they're not able to articulate what they want from the conversation. Yeah, yeah and that sounds a bit like being passive aggressive. Yeah, so so passive aggressive is a is a whole different <laughs> a whole different thing. So passive aggressive is a mix of aggressive and passive, right? Without the assertive, which is the worst of both worlds together. <laughs> <laughs> and passive aggressiveness isn't necessarily intentional. A lot of people don't intend to, it, it. A passive aggressive is a passive person desperately trying to regain control over their life. Mm -hmm. And so what do they do? They, they say things and they do things in a very indirect way so that nobody can accuse them later, but that they can still get what they want. So for example, you ask them for a favor. 
they say yes because they're too passive to say no. They're too scared to say no. So they say yes, but they mean no. And a passive person would just do it because they said yes, right? The aggressive person would just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Forget it. But the passive aggressive person says yes. And then later on says, oh, I forgot. But they didn't forget. Let me give a very quick framework on how to be assertive. It it's, a, it's a framework that helps script what you want to say. And I, I highly recommend for important conversations to script what you need to say. Because that way, you at least have a reference and it's much harder to go wrong. Right? You know mm -hmm. your key message, you know what to avoid, and you'll just stick to that instead of going to your normal habits. Because after all, if you're learning something new, a new way to communicate, it's still not a habit. And if we don't plan ahead of time, what we're going to say, we're going to end up falling in our old habits, which is to be aggressive or to be passive, to avoid or to dominate, to try to control others or let people control you. Mm -hmm. And so a great way to do this is, and this works with everyone, even people who really like to be liked, <laughs> you really want to be liked, and you don't want to take any risks. This is really good for you. So you start off making sure that you build a connection with the individual. And this starts way before you actually have to speak up and say something or ask for something or say no or set your boundaries or communicate something negative. Way before that, you build connection. And we all know how to build connection, right? It's, it's, that's, that's the easy, fun part. Spend time with people. We get to know them. We we compliment them genuinely. We say good things. We share a little bit about ourselves, and we we ask them what 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 they're doing, what their passions are, about their family. We uh, interact. We get to know. Uh, we acknowledge them. We we get to spend time together and build that know, like, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. Once you have that, you're halfway there because. When you speak up, people will already have a bond with you. And automatically, they're less likely to assume that what you're saying is a threat. You're trying to hurt them. Because you've already, you already built a connection way before that. So they're way more likely to, okay, okay, you know what? I, I, they look like they're upset at me, but it's probably not about, they're not trying to hurt me because we have this bond and connection, we like each other. So let me listen, let me have some empathy for this person and see if I can understand what they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the connection, you'll have the class, right? So it really helps. Next, you have to, we talked about the assumptions, right? The two assumptions, assumptions about what the other person thinks, feels, yep. wants, and assumptions about what they know about you. That's the second thing to address on whatever topic you have. What are the assumptions you have about the other person? What are the assumptions you think they have about you? If you have assumptions about the other person, ask them questions to clarify. If you think they have assumptions about you, self-disclose. Talk about it. Talk about your intention. Talk about your feelings. Talk about your perspective so that they know where you're coming from. And then third is the actual assertive moment i call 
That's the disagreement. That's the asking for what you want, the saying no, the communicating something negative, communicating mistakes that you've made, failures, whatever that is. Express what you want, right? So, so usually there's a, a, a typical format for that, which is called the, the, the DESO or the desk script. Have you ever heard of it? No. No. So it's a four piece basic, basic script, which starts with describing the situation factually, mm -hmm. explaining. So why don't you share a, an example of something that comes up that people usually get stressed out about that affects their corporate wellness um, and it has to do with, with an interpersonal issue? Um, well, could, could we just use um, asking for time off? Sure. That, uh, yeah. That's great. Asking for time off. Great. To the boss. Yeah. Right? So it's always harder to talk to superior. So you want to ask for time off. Fantastic. But you're scared. Again, you don't want to be seen as the person who's not willing to work, who's not willing to commit to the job. Um, and maybe it's a tricky time for the boss because Every time is a tricky time for the boss. The boss is always overworked. The team is always overworked. So how do you do it? Well, uh, ideally, you do this ahead of time. You don't leave it to last minute. So you got to plan that out. And you already have a good relationship with your boss. Um, and you already have a sense, hopefully, because you already had some conversations to eliminate those assumptions, to, let, to understand what are the best times of the year in general to take time off. So can can we just pause then in what I'm hearing is that this happens in multiple stages over this could happen like over days or weeks in terms of figuring out best times and days that's one conversation and then you'd come back and have another conversation to actually make the ask. That's the yeah. ideal situation. I mean it doesn't yeah. have to it could be just one conversation, but ideally again this is about influence as well. You want to maximize the the chances of a positive outcome for yourself. So how do you do that? Well, you have to, I like to say, you're empathizing with the other person as well. You want them to empathize. You're helping them empathize with you. And you're empathizing with them and their needs at the same time. And just because we're, we're talking around this idea of communicating this to your boss, what if you don't have a relationship to your boss and they're just the person that's upstairs or in that office that's always closed or it's like you feel like you can't build up a relationship because whenever you try and point out something kind or nice there's just this they're like i'm busy i've got to do this thing or there isn't that friendliness are there ways to address that to be able to cultivate that uh, at the beginning Yes, yes, there are always ways, and there are people like that. It is true. <laughs> there are difficult people out there to deal with. Um, and it requires a lot more effort, for sure, from the person that you, you know you're dealing with. And it's all about how you initiate the conversation. And so you want to initiate in that case, when you're trying to schedule some time with this person to have the conversation. Right, and they're like, oh, they're dismissing you. I'm too busy, don't have time, not working now, right? You say, well, you know, this is really uh, important for me. Um, do you have five minutes or 10 minutes? What is the best 
uh, time for us to meet just for 10 minutes. If you have any time in this week or next week, you make you make the ask so small that it almost becomes absurd for them to say no to it. Mm -hmm. um, and you also make it, you can say it as something that's important for you. And you can also say, well, this is also um, important for, for the team. And I want to, I want to share this as early as possible with you so that we can figure out the best plans to, to, to deal with the situation, right. To cover the responsibilities. So you want to, that's why I say there's like a, a negotiation element and mm -hmm. because you, 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 in this case, you know what their interests are, you know what your interests are and the earlier the better so you say so you're communicating your positive intent for the person for the team as well not just for you hey i, I want to have this conversation uh, with you it's really important it's only going to take five minutes but i just want to make sure that i align with you um i i i want to talk about um taking time off but i i am I'm, I'm i'm aware of the the challenges uh, with all the things that are going on right now and I want to make sure that, that you're on board and that we have um, a plan. And again, the earlier, the better. So would you have uh, five minutes for us to quickly catch up at some point in the next week or so? Yeah. And you can follow up by email. You can, you can try to knock on their door and, and do it. And insisting also works. Insisting respectfully. Yeah. Even if they push back. And it's not all not all situations are going to be perfect and you might still feel dismissed, but push and the person can't ignore you. At some point they can't ignore you. Mm -hmm. so, okay, so then if a person has utilized that, they've had the conversation of or kind of mapped out okay when would be the best time to ask for some time off and now they're coming up to the the big finale how do we how do we land this so how do you land so you start describing the situation right okay well we and usually it's very common bosses don't remember the vacation time you've used, uh, what what you're uh, what you're allotted to, what you've used, what you still have to use, what the rules are, sometimes they just have no idea, and they're always they always look surprised and unhappy <laughs> when you show up and say I have some vacation time. So again, the earlier you can do this, and again, the planning is important, right? Here's what I did with my boss at the beginning of the year. I'd give I'd give him. Um, ideas and slots of where I, when I, when I wanted to take time off. And then a month before I'd remind him, a week before I'd remind him, the day before I'd remind him. And every single time he was um, surprised and we were in an, an emergency situation. But because I continuously reminded him, he was no longer, he didn't know, he no longer saw it as my responsibility. He saw it as his. Right, yeah. So there's a bit of that influence, but once you do, just by doing that, you're eliminating a lot of problems. But once you're actually having the conversation, um, let's say last minute something comes up, hey, there's this, um, I have this, uh, so you describe the situation. You know, I still have some some days off um, to take and 
something came up that's really important for me. And uh, I wish I had known earlier, but it came up just last week. And I, I need to take, I really want to take this time off here. It's really important to me. So you say why it's important, it's important to you, how you feel about it. Would it be okay if I took this and this, this day off? So you're, you're asking for what you want. And, and then you add a little bit of, again, the empathy side for them. So like, I know that we're going through this and this project. What I can do is I can work with Sally and Joanna and Tim um, so that they can uh, take over this while I'm away. I, I can write a little instruction manual. And if something urgent comes up, uh, they can text me. So you, you give them a little bit of a plan and mm -hmm. that way they'll feel heard as well. And then you say, hey, is that, is that okay? I think this is, and then you conclude with like a, a, almost like an incentive for them to say yes, which could be this vacation is going to, I really need this vacation right now um, for, for family reasons and, and other reasons. But when I come back, I, I'll be incredibly refreshed and you know, ready to take on this other project that we have coming up. Just something to get them you show that you're committed. <laughs> you're committed and that the vacation is going to help you and it's going to be good for them as well. And then you appreciate them and their time and their willingness and their support. And that's it. Awesome. Okay. If people would like to find out more about you or work with you in some way, I, I know I did mention at the beginning, but how can they do that? And um, I'll put all of the uh, links in the description of the episode as well. Okay. Yeah, and so if folks want to learn a little bit more about how to be assertive and likable, which is something that I really focus on because we still want to maintain those really positive relationships, go to my website at assertiveway.com slash free, um, and there'll be some materials there. And yeah, you can explore, they can explore, and uh, there's tons of free freebies and little quizzes and things as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ivna. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hugo. You've been listening to the High Performance Groundwork podcast. If there's a conversation you believe needs to be had or an idea you believe needs to be spoken about when it comes to workplace wellness and making the work environment joyful, calm, and a place where we feel part of a supportive community, I would love to hear from you. If you run a company and would like to improve the well-being of your staff, you can head over to my website, highperformancegroundwork.com to find out how I may be able to help. And finally, if you enjoyed this, share it around.